I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. So wherever it starts is, okay. we don't know, but it'll, yeah, it'll be somewhere here. Thanks for the peanut butter cups. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, you know why I brought those for you, right? There is a story, and I have to figure it out. Is there a story? The, it's because when I, one of the first nights I was performing at Greenwich, Dustin um, encountered an angry audience member, and he mm. went out. He went outside after, and I thought, oh, yeah. I thought he was gonna beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but then Dustin just came back with Reese's. And he, was like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, I thought this was a better option. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I remember that night. That was funny at the old Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It, it's weird. We just. We always talk about this. The, the the ridiculous elements of of live audiences that we have to deal with, and like, because uh, it was just a weird situation. It was a guy, and he was like, he felt too old for this girl, and the girl felt like she was. Something wasn't completely right with her, and then, like it was an advantage, take advantage situation. And, and there were comments on yeah. the, her wedding ring and your yeah. ring. Oh, my ring, yeah, a little <laughs> black, <laughs> black fucking onyx. Because <laughs> <laughs> he goes, because it was weird. Because he was like, I was playing with this guy and like trying, you know, you just Greenwich is the worst sometimes. It's like you just like. You know, it's either amazing or it's just like, oh, God, you know, and, it, and it's just like you're just trying to, like, pull something out to so you could just get somewhere that's light and funny. And this guy just wasn't going with it. And I was playing with him with his sweater and his thing and whatever, just, you know, regular crap. And then um, I was kind of making fun of his girl being with him because he seemed like it didn't fit you know it didn't fit like they were together and then he's just like we're we're engaged here's her ring it's a twenty thousand dollar ring and i was just like well it looks like you got ripped off buddy and he's like, oh, it's better than your ring your black onyx and i was like what it was very <laughs> odd black onyx the and language he, yeah and then he just i don't even remember half of it because you know i had my rhesus so i was okay <laughs> <laughs> that, that helped me block it out but I did, but I will do that sometimes. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll charge out to do something stupid, and then I don't drink anymore or smoke weed or smoke cigarettes, so it's like, Reese's is really, it's really all I got left, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's really one of the few things that I can just, I could just, you know, most people smoke a cigarette or smoke some weed and they're okay. I just, I eat a but Reese's. But you're keto now? Is that real? Kind of, yeah, I'm starting. So you almost don't even have Reese's left. I don't. I have. Uh, what can you turn to in the keto world? In the keto world, um, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe sugar-free Jello. Mm-hmm. Like pudding, ch- chocolate pudding. That's not bad. Chocolate it, pudding's okay. Sugar-free Jello, chocolate pudding. It's not bad. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you just. I mean, I you know I've burned a lot of bridges, Allie, and uh, <laughs> 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 you have you've met the really sweet together, Dustin. But uh, yeah, I, I I made some bad bad choices mm. on you know with the audience member because it's like they just we were just talking about it before with Wally. It's like they're just ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. It's like we're just being silly. Like I'm literally <laughs> when I'm <laughs> if I'm making I, we are if I'm a, if I'm being like whatever with your girl. So I, first of all, I'm not trying to hit on her. You know, I, I and second of all, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just trying to. You're obviously your energy's off, and so I'm trying to create some like light energy so I can play with that, mold it into some funny, and we can get some laughs in the room. You yeah, know what I mean, people and then people think you're just 
you know, it, it, it's like, you know, you're just a regular place and I'm just a guy. Like, I'm the waiter and I'm just like, hey, look at you. You know, like, the, <laughs> like there's a reason why I'm talking <laughs> right, to you. Right, right. But anyway, I, I still, you know, we were talking about the Drew Michaels thing. Where it's like, you know, he, I mean, he got to do his special with no audience. I mean, and in some ways that's not as special as what we were saying. But then if you look at it deeply, it's like, wow, wouldn't that be nice? You know, <laughs> yeah. Do comedy with no people. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> what, what, were your, what were your thoughts I was on really surprised yeah. that uh, I was really weird. It was good. I like his yeah. material. It's, it, but it's hard when you're so al- it was a little weird, when you're alone watching the material. I wasn't laughing out loud. I don't know if that's because I'm a comic. And it's hard for me to laugh at other comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But wh- why? what was the thought process, bo- do you think, behind saying, I don't want an audience? Well, I think the, the I would, my assumption would be just, you know, you're trying to do the anti-special. You're trying to do something that is um, over the top, different, and mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, just kind of get people talking. And they are. Yeah. So I think it's probably just kind of like... Uh, just something cutting edge and weird and different, you know? Yeah. I don't, know, I don't think there's any really more thought behind it than that. Yeah, know? with just the, with the artsy cutaways. Yeah, it felt like an indie experimental yeah, piece. It's, hmm. but, you know, Did you may- see it? I didn't see it. I want to no. see it now. And maybe, <laughs> I think maybe he, um, he just, um, you know, like you said, he had enough weird guys saying things. I paid 20000 for my ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, fuck it. I'm not doing an audience. I'm just going to go straight no audience on my special. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think people want to try to do nif- different things with comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, Dimitri Martin's special was really cool. Mm-hmm. He did some stuff in post. It was interesting. He took these, I don't know if you saw it. He took these long pauses in between his his jokes, and then he would add kind of this, you know, his thought process, what he's actually thinking, as oh. a voiceover. Yeah. And so you would get, you know, him kind of just like, you know, s- pausing, and then you hear this thing. He comes on. He's like, "Well, I didn't think that joke was going to work so well," or "But oh, wow, I guess they, I guess I should go into my drawings now," or you know, like he's just inner mo- monologue going on. Yeah. So it was interesting because it was like, at least it was an audience. I mean. Yeah, yeah. But bottom line, I, would, I just talked about this with Wally, but I feel like. If it's stand-up comedy, it's billed as a stand-up comedy special, then it should be an audience. Yeah. That, that's that's what this is. Right. Otherwise, it's just something really cool. Yeah. You know? Well, what about the Dimitri Martin special, then, is where there was an audience, an but audience. he then went back and posted? That's fine. Okay. He just did some some kind of... I mean, the guy's doing drawings on stage, so he, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. definitely... It's, <laughs> it's a whole other thing, but at least it's an audience. I don't care what you do, as long as it's an audience. Yeah. You can get up there and smash a watermelon. You can get up there and... You know, scream about whatever, talk about even like the Annette thing is closer to stand up because you know there's an audience. Yeah, I mean she got emotional stuff and preaching thing, but whatever, it's still an audience. Yeah, you know you could say you know that's more of a one person show, but you know ultimately I don't want to just keep repeating myself with every episode, but I feel like this is you know it's just kind of one of those things that stand up could be changing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I just said before it was like I mean I would love to do my comedy with an audience. I mean I would be brilliant. If I don't have to wait on a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The pressures of that. Totally. You You would feel totally liberated. You can just go in and basically do an hour long monologue. Oh, yeah. Two hours. (laughs) Just anything. Talk about whatever. Yeah. (laughs) To me, it's cheating. But anyhow, (laughs) but I, but I, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. So, um, but yeah. So yeah, here we are. This is, this is our little show. We just kind of, we get into comedy stuff and just kind of we free flow it and um i've known you a little while and but not that long and um it's been fun 
it's been uh, interesting little little gatherings of moments we've that we've kind of spent around each other and it's like <laughs> it's some, some light some more dramatic than others yes some fairfield comedy club you know yeah. some sort of yeah it's it's interesting but uh our short friendship yeah. has quite <laughs> breath to it it does it does for like for probably yeah. i've probably seen you nine times but <laughs> we've cried we've laughed yeah, well, there's been a lot going on yeah there's you been know <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go heavy into some stuff a little bit. Nothing about you, but just some things that are going on in the comedy world. Okay. But I was curious about your point of view. Uh huh. But um, but yeah, so you've had an interesting comedy life, and you know, you um, what did you do before you were interning and stuff? What, what was what was before that? Was I just college? Uh, so I was interning when I interning at the Tonight Show. Yes. I was interning at the Tonight Show when I was in college. Okay. Before that. I interned. I interned for Louis, <laughs> and uh, I did. And I interned. Uh, you wear like a biohazard suit when you were. Yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> I you know I don't remember too many interactions with him, but I I did intern for him, and then I interned yeah. at um, the Colbert Report yeah. and uh, the Stern Show. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. that was the best. The Stern. Yeah. How long did you do that? I love Howard Stern. I was there for like four months. But I was there uh, really early in the morning, and I would, like, set up, like, Howard and Robbins, like, newspapers oh, and, like, phenomenal. coffee orders and stuff. And I remember I would, like, get the screen, the calls that we would pass on to Howard. And yeah. they would be like, listen, like, if they're crazies, you know, you know, don't pass those calls along. But it was a hard line to, like, decipher if they were, like, a crazy person that shouldn't go on or if it was just, like, Jeff the Drunk who, like, calls <laughs> yeah. every yeah, 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 yeah. week. You know what I mean? Like so. Um, but yeah, I was interning at NYU. I went to NYU, so I was interning during the school year there, and I started doing stand up my freshman year. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. And uh, since then, you've done The Tonight Show. Yeah. I uh, did a stand up spot on that. It was great. Thank you. Um, you did uh, the comedy Knockout on True TV. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you have a morning show, Build Brunch. Build Brunch. Boom, I said it right. Good yeah, job. and you're welcome to come on and promote uh, uh, your podcast. I would love to. And uh, Allie Colbert. Yeah, that's building. right. I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little hesitant, but I said it right. If Allie one Colbert, more person Colbert? calls me Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy to have you. Yay. Yay thanks for having me. Thanks. Great to have you in the studio. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to jump in. So, okay. you know, um, you know, so you, you interned. How long did you intern for Louis? Was it, you, Louis, I interned for like four, also like four or five months. Okay. And he, they were taping the third season, and I was on set only a few days. I, I only had one interaction with Louie when he asked me the the bathroom code. <laughs> That's all. That's all he asked you? That's all. He said, That's what's good. the bathroom code? Now, give me a hand up. No, yeah. he, he said, what's the <laughs> bathroom code? You should, uh, yeah, that, was, that might have been a code for something else. <laughs> but, uh, that was it. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, he. That's. it's weird when you, you know, I'm sure it's weird for you when you have, because I have people that, like, that I you know, I'm fond of, you know, like T.J. Miller's one of my friends. I have people, and then they have some crazy backlash happening and stuff, you know, going on in the gossip world of, you know, the media and stuff. And then, you know, and it's hard to process because you, you know them as a person and you know them, you know, as a performer. And then, you know, and then you hear whatever everybody else is saying, you mm -hmm. know, and it's it's hard to, you know, to kind of like put it all together because yeah. it's like you don't want to instantly, you know, jump in this mob thing because you 
you've had interactions with them and they've been nice to you and good to you or whatever, or even if it's short, it was still nothing that was, you know, dramatic or anything. Yeah. So it's tough, you know, when we know people and then or work with them for even a split second. And, uh, you know, with, with Louie coming back, you know, it's funny because I was circulating that conversation at Greenwich when we were talking, I was talking to a lot of comics. I go, do you think the seller would put him up if he dropped in? Uh-huh. And I remember just having a lot of conversations about, people you know with people about like louie just like would they would it hurt them would it tarnish you know what the seller is if he just you know comes in and they put him right up yeah and uh, apparently it was you know the, the owner didn't know what was happening and he's just kind of the mc you know he whatever. was asleep yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> conveniently asleep but asleep I don't, anybody involved in the comedy world doesn't go to sleep when yeah. there's like shows happening, but whatever. But yeah, I'm sure he was. But he, uh, but yeah. So, so he goes. <laughs> I loved up. how in the the uh, <laughs> Entertainment Weekly article, the, the owner was like, "Gnome, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, um, "You know, there's so many comics that have done so much worse," which was just the equivalent of being like, "I got so many rapists on this lineup." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He actually does. They're just not all caught. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's like, what are you gonna do? I don't got time for this. It's all rapists on the lineup. Yeah, it is. You know, Jim Norton. Don't call it rape because he paid for it. But uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. But um, did it, you think they would put him back um, on? If I came? didn't. I thought. You thought they would say no? Yeah, I kept saying no, and everybody kept saying yes. I kept well because um, I felt like. Um, it, it, well, first of all, the fact that he didn't address it is, is I was talking to Nate McIntosh last night. We were in the green room talking about it, and he was saying that was the weirdest part, that he wouldn't even make some sort of, like, not that you would make a mockery joke, but you have to say something. Even if it is kind of a joke joke to kind of, like, you know, say, don't totally. worry, I'm not going to pull my dick out, or, hey, don't worry, I, I've been away for, you know, nothing. It was just, like, sociopathic that he just went right into, like, oh, so rape, rape, rape whistles are weird. You know, like, that was literally <laughs> one of his bits. And it's like, that's the bit you're going to open with? And so it's like, but it's, I'm sure he's heard a lot of them. But I, I you know, I feel like that's what made, <laughs> that's what made it strange uh-huh. that he just didn't address it in some sort of way. Even though it's a seller, it's not, like, to him, he's just popping in and doing a set to get back into his rhythm. I still felt something, you know, needs to be addressed. Definitely. Yeah. Apparently he had performed at Governor's, though, earlier. Okay. And then the, that set didn't go over that well. Okay. And then he was like, all right, let me head over to the cellar. I don't know who they're... I don't know. I think it, it would be difficult if you're not, like, the owner to feel like you could muster the authority to shut him away, even though he's done these things that are not great, yeah. that are not good. Still, turning him away with that star power is a complicated situation. It is a complicated situation. Um, I act all tough, you know. I was all, and you know, I I act like I would, you know what I mean? Like it, we, in theory, we all like. I remember, um, you know, Jeremy Piven has some accusations going around, and he, he, and I was like, before he got to the club, I was like, this guy's freaking, you know, just fondling women on set and doing all kinds of shit. And so he gets there, I'm like, so you want to do five? You know. <laughs> 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 he walks in, I'm like, so you're next. He's like, well, do you want to go? Do you want us to wait? Do you want to, do you need your water? You know, like I fucking sell out. As soon as, as soon as he walked in, I was like, entourage, you know? Yeah. And then like, you know, so yeah, it is tough. It's and a lot of the accounts that I read about the night, they were saying, you know, yeah, but they gave him a standing ovation when he went in the room. But then there were other articles that I didn't see getting circulated where it was like these women, 
and their accounts of being in the crowd that night. And they yeah. were like, we felt uncomfortable. They were like, there were some big guys cheering, like, Louie, welcome back, buddy. Yeah. And then they're sitting there. It's the middle of your show. Yeah. If you don't want to make a scene and stand up and walk out, which is uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, some women did walk out, I heard. Did they? Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's some women. They said, like, two or three women walked out. And okay. then everybody else was, like, cheering them on or whatever. <laughs> so. Oi. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I feel like uh, it's, uh, I mean, it was, I guess he was testing the waters, mm -hmm. you know. I definitely think it's going to be different, you know. I think just, just, I mean, but I also think it's like, you know, the media is going to sensationalize this whole thing as long as they can. Yeah. So it's just, you know, he, but he, you know, he did something that was really bad. And, you know, I think every male comic should date a female comic just for like, just for a couple of months. Just so they understand what it is that a female comic has to deal with, and what 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 why they can't just be a regular comic sometimes in situations like this, like mm -hmm. what those women had to go through, you know, with Louie and those those awkward situations in the hotel and stuff. And it's like like guys don't have to worry about that, you know. They don't have to worry about just like a relationship, you know, thinking it's one thing and it turning into something crazy. Like, right. So. It's, you know, that's that's where the detachment is with a lot of people. Yeah. You know, audience members like those guys. And then especially a lot of male comics. Because I think a lot of male comics look, yeah, like Michael Che was saying, yeah, put them on stage. And, you know, not, but but it's like they don't get it. Right. You know, and I don't have to explain that to you. But I'm just saying I, I understand it being with female comic and being around female comics a lot. Yeah. You know, I think it's just a different energy they have to deal with all the time. Definitely. I would be curious to see if... Since Louis's uh, time at the Comedy Cellar, if they've now established some sort of protocol of like, okay, are we going to let him up again? I yeah. mean, that if they if they didn't consider that question the first time around, I'm wondering yeah. if they're thinking about it now. Us, I mean, maybe they like the press. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they like the press, but at the same time, it's just like the the way. I mean, I don't know. I have such a love hate with with kind of this whole thing, and with the cellar, it's like. I mean, he kind of made them a lot, you know. He yeah. kind of, like, you know, put them on his show, and he was kind of the big dog there. And so I'm sure it's tough, you know. It's like you're, you know, part of the family, and you know, over there. So I think they probably have some loyalty to him like that. Yeah. But uh, but it sounded like Noam sounded like he was, you know, the fact that he did say that, you know, the fact they didn't address it was weird or whatever. Like, he, I think he feels that he would have wanted to know. But he also, at the same time, he's got to save his ass. Right. Because he has the best reputation of any club in the city, and then this could tarnish it. And then, it, you know, and so he, I think he feels like he has to do that. So, just so you know, Greenwich Village Comedy Club, we uh, book more women than most clubs in the city. So, if you want to come on down, <laughs> there would be no Louis sightings. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I just, you know. I'm kidding. We don't book any women. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We book a lot of I book a lot of women. I was you there do. yesterday. I had like three women on one show. That's huge. Yeah, I, that's I mean, good. It is, yeah. It's like nobody's doing that. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so. Nobody's whatever. giving these broads time. These broads time. Broads time. So, um, yeah, so with your comedy world, it's like you, you know, you kind of coming through showbiz almost, like, instead of kind of like a, another route. Like, you, you did most of your comedy in the city, right? Yeah. And, like, you started kind of like, what was your first comedy club in the city? The first comedy club I performed at was Caroline's. Oh, wow. On okay. a on a new face Springer show. Oh, was that uh, Linda Smith? Linda Smith. Did Lin you take her L. workshop? Linda Smith. Yep, that was the first intro I had to comedy. 
Okay, and how'd that go? Um, that went well, and she, <laughs> I mean, it was hard to not do well in that workshop. Everyone's yeah. kind of sucks and you're all good you know yeah um you know what i mean you don't have to be good to like do well in the workshop so i did well and then she like takes you from there she's like listen like i could put you on the new talent show like that's a big deal you don't know what that is at the time she said you just gotta bring 18 people (laughs) so i started doing that you know and uh then yeah it was like a lot of ringers at that time obviously Uh, but I took her class, and now Ray Goots books yeah. some of those Monday night shows. Nice. Yeah. How, um, talk me through um, just, you know, the Tonight Show set. Like how, like, you know, getting to the point where, you know, they said yes, and like how, how long did that take before, and then the actual show itself, and like, you know, how you felt, and nervous, nerves, and all that great stuff. Okay, so I was, uh, I had a call back for... Montreal, and uh, I had known the booker from Fallon, Michael, um, for a bit of time because I had interned there, and after I interned, I was a page, so I was, like, very much in that world, and he was my friend, and he knew I did stand-up, and I told him I was, uh, I had a call back from Montreal, and he said that he was going to be there, Um, and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking, like, he's watching me, I just felt like he was someone who's I thought I was too young to be on the, the Tonight Show. I didn't yeah. really think of it as something that was going to happen soon. Yeah. Um, and then I like I crushed my call back. It was a really great set. And after I got off stage, I had like the booker from Kimmel coming up to me, and he came up to me, and he was like, you know, that was actually you're actually good, you know, because he had never seen me do stand up. He just knew that I did stand up. Maybe he'd seen me once, but not yeah. many times. And he was like, I have a showcase tomorrow for the show. Wow. Why don't you just come and do it? If it doesn't go well, don't worry about it. But if it goes well, great. So I was like, all right, cool. Can I do, should I do the set I just did? And he was like, you have to clean it up a little. But okay, so I get ready for the set the next day. And I'm not really thinking of it as an audition for the show. I kind of think, like, I'll just see what it's like to be on one of these showcases. I get there, I get on stage, and I see Jimmy Fallon walking. Oh, he's there at the showcase. Yeah, which never that fucking never happens. That never happens. That's no. unbelievable. He walks in. Wow. And then he's sitting, he's sitting, like, you know, a couple rows back from the stage. Yeah. And I know that I'm on. I see Michael whisper to him, and I know he's saying, you know, she, she used to intern for you, like, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I had a great set, and I got off stage. Jimmy Fallon wanted to high-five me. I missed it, though. I was looking the other way, so I <laughs> left him hanging. I feel bad. And uh, <laughs> they were like, Jimmy Fallon just tried to high-five you. I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> um, it was very soft hands. So and I, <laughs> I was on that showcase with Pete Lee. Oh, wow. Pete Lee was showcasing for his first. He got booked yeah. on The Tonight Show from that. Now he's been on like 7,000 times. Yeah. And then Mike Vecchione was on yeah, the showcase, sure. and Stacked. we we all got booked from that showcase. I oh, wow. uh, Michael, uh, the booker, he wrote wrote to me and he's like, "Listen, I think if we have you, it'll be closer to twenty, I guess twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, because this was in twenty sixteen." And I was like, "Okay, fine." And then he reached out to me like three weeks later. He was like, "Actually, you know, they they brought you up at the office. They they love it. They they love it. They want you on sooner. Can you be oh, ready in three so weeks?" Cool. And I was like, "Sure, I guess." 
Wow. So that happened. So you hammered it out. You hammered out. So I did set. the same set like a million times. Yeah. I, the thing about rehearsing a set like that, which was like I found out while I was doing it, was when you're rehearsing like five minutes clean. It's almost like so robotic. Like you're not, and I could be like going up in the middle or like late on the lineup. You just completely disrupt the energy of the show going on because if I'm like getting a tape or recording myself. Yeah, sure. That, like, it's, like, people are going on, they're doing, like, 10, 15, yeah. like, dirty minutes, they're interacting with the crowd, and then I go up in the middle and I do, like, five sterile minutes. Yeah. And it feels really weird, and sure. you're just constantly bombing until you get to the show, and then you do well. Yeah. <laughs> were you, were you, uh, how were your nerves when you were, like, about to do this? I mean, this is huge, because it's got to be interesting, too, because, you know, you're, you're a page, you're working there, you're behind the scenes, you you probably met a billion... You've, famous people and comedians and watch people's sets and you know and then now you're on the other end yeah that's insane it was crazy it was really crazy like every i knew everyone at the show like i knew like the crew the crew like they were coming to my dressing room i was like like, yeah just pumping the crew i was like yeah we did this (laughs) i feel like it was like a win for like the show like the underdog you know because like i was friends with like the assistants like The fucking bitches, you know what I mean, yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah. Not, like, yeah. mean, but, like, you sure, know, sure, sure. the show's bitch. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they, uh, I was friends with the cunts. And um, <laughs> they just came to my, they came to the dressing room. We were all, like, excited. It felt like a win for us. And then, um, what were we saying? I was nervous. I had one joke that they cut, like, ten minutes before I went on. Oh, wow. And it really uh, scared me because at that point it was, like, it was so muscle memory the entire set that like, yeah. I didn't even have to think. And then now I was like, okay, so wait, after that joke, I transition into this. And like, you just, I'm like obsessive compulsive. So I'm like yeah. doing it over and over again in my head. Um, but then eventually, I mean, I went out. There was a split second when I was out there when I was like, okay, I think I'm going to forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a pause and the audience yeah. gave me a laugh and then I remembered it. But I was like, my heart was pounding. I was oh, like, sure. you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Remember I did the showtime thing and I got caught in mouth right before. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> and then I told the guy, I said, because uh, I had practiced, this is so stupid. I <laughs> I used to do this thing because I'm just like I think more about other things than the actual writing of jokes. But I, uh, <laughs> I was doing a thing that I was the, with a mic stand, and I would hold the mic stand, and I would kind of James Brown it a little bit. I would do a joke and kind of, and then bring it back. Uh-huh. And so I got good at it. And it was <laughs> this thing where I would like, <laughs> I would like kind of, you know, I, I want to be a rock star in my head. So I'm just like, you know, I'll do this thing. And I was like working with the mic stand. I was kicking it up. I was like, you know, doing all this shit. And so I thought that would just make a splash. I said, I'll do my jokes. I'll fucking bam. It's like the whole thing is just going to be amazing. Yeah. And so I practiced and practiced and I get the mic stand and flip, you know, and all kinds of shit with it. And Axel rosing it, you know. And then they um, and then they go, OK, you, you want to you want a mic stand? I goes, yeah, I want a mic stand. And like and then the, the host was drinking beer, by the way, like during, like it was the weirdest thing. This guy talent like mm-hmm. he, he's sponsored by Heineken. So he, every time that he, he always has a beer in his hand when he's hosting television shows. And so he goes out there and he's just like he's drunk by the time I get up. And then it's just like he forgets the mic stand. And then I'm just like I had all this like energy to do the mic stand. And oh. Like, oh, it just deflated me. And I'm like, yeah, you were like <laughs> so, ready. To... I was so excited. Oh. <laughs> and then and the cotton mouth, I just grabbed somebody's water out of their hand and just like. <laughs> but uh, but what I hate about you <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell me. This is what I hate about you is um, you. I mean, 
you really like just watching that set you know you have this like just you know 15 year vet rhythm you know with your comedy and it looked like you've been doing it forever and it's not it's it's really amazing to to know how long you've been doing comedy and then to see you so polished i know whether you were nervous or not you still came off really well oh thank you it looked like you knew you know you'd done this this is your 10th one like you it really came off like just you you did you did it right you did the beats right everything was like natural and it was nice nice to watch it's like that's funny really i'm still trying to find some of that and so it's like it's it was nice to see that you know to see i was just like shit you know some people are you know born with it i guess so that i don't think any comic has ever said complimented me on my set like that oh well i mean it i just thank you yeah so nice of you but it was like but but i see it you know where sometimes the people are struggling to have like you know the rhythm and all that stuff, and I felt like you, you know, you did really well with it. And Thank you. It's, uh, you know, it came off. And, and the thing is, it's like it's an art unto itself to to do these like late night things. And it's just like people, you know, a lot of people complain. Most it's really funny when people complain about not having one. And I'm always like, well, do you, do you have your perfect five clip? And they're like, no. But then please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they never, nobody ever has one. Anybody that ever complains, I can't believe she got one. I can't believe he got one. And it's like, well, where's your, where's the work to get it? And, yeah. then, and they never have it. So. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I have one that's going out, you know, just the clip that I did. And I'm trying to get a show. And it's like, but it's so much work, you know, just trying to like, people don't realize, they think anybody could do that, but they can't. It's a lot of work condensing it down even though your set from Montreal was maybe in the vein of what you ended up doing, but I'm s- it's still very difficult. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's. I feel like it's particularly difficult to just constantly stay, I mean, you, clean, no brand references. Uh. Like, it's not even just cursing. It's like certain topics, certain subjects. Like, I had a joke that was just about, it was about me sitting on my dad's lap and the implication was not good, but it was, I didn't say anything bad and like even that was like cut because it alluded to something. Yeah. And coming up with like a clever five minutes that you think would kill, like I feel like that that, that is really difficult. It is. And your dad's hot, so I see why that would be weird. All right. <laughs> You have attractive dad. I don't mean that in a weird way. Just like a man can say another man's attractive. All right, here we go. We got a little pause. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anyway, I say weird stuff. That's what it's all about. Um, <laughs> we bonded, me and your dad. He was a good dude. It was so funny. Your dad was at the, at the show we did, and uh, it was, and you know, I had my uh, download cards on, and I was, you know, trying, you know, you're trying to freaking. I, I'm the worst. Like, Anthony's really good at selling merch. Like, he just stands there and, you know, makes you feel uncomfortable. And yeah. then you end up buying something. <laughs> I have but, to. <laughs> I don't want him to touch me or buy that. But I try to do the, 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 the non-aggressive approach. And, like, I'll just leave them there. And yeah. then... And then, like, hope that somebody's like, oh, how much? And then I'll say, hey, it's a da 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 And then your dad grabbed one and just put it in his pocket. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess I'm just not going to sell that one. <laughs> no. Like, no, it was fine. <laughs> did he take it? He did, but he, it was so cool What to was me. it? A CD? It was like a download CD. But and he just fun. took it? He, he didn't know because they look like business cards. So I think he thought it was a business card. And then I didn't have the heart because we had <laughs> such like, a so good that's why vibe. I brought you on. Your fucking dad stole my <laughs> this merch. This motherfucker. <laughs> got you here <laughs> give me the money your fucking family owes me yeah, like $20 <laughs> but it was really funny because we had such a good rapport 
And then he put it in his pocket. I was just like, ah, it's fine. I'm not going to. Oh. After all that, I'm going to chase him down for 20 bucks. It's fine. It's totally fine. But, I thought, <laughs> but it was funny to me because nobody else grabbed one. So it was. Fucking <laughs> 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 white that, man. Not that British guy. Remember him? He was weird. Oh, yeah. I, I know him. He's, a, he's my parents' he's, friend. Yeah. He's like a friend that comes out to shows. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys who's in the audience and they, they just want so badly to be a part of it. Yeah. So they just. They're heckle. They heckle. Yeah. He thinks he's contributing, obviously. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, that seems to be the running, delusional. the running thing here. Yeah. So, um, so you did the comedy knockout. That's fun. Yeah, that was okay. really fun. Yeah. So That's just like a roast, kind of. Yeah, you just kind of write roast. You, you know. write roast stuff, and then in addition to writing things, the, they have writers on the show mm. who work on jokes with you and send you yeah. joke ideas. So you're like, real. they really help you get through that show. I mean... Yeah. You're so supported by like a team of a staff of writers. Yeah, we had uh, Damien Damien Lemon last week. He's such a great dude. Oh yeah, he's so fun. I mean, he makes the tapings really fun, really personable, high energy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's really good. Dude. And then now, so now you're doing a morning show, like a brunch. Yes. So I have Tell a me about this. Yes, I have a morning show called Build Brunch. Yeah. Um, basically, Build is a network okay. that Oath, a Verizon company, is yes. trying to build out. So during the day, uh, it's like so lots of celebrities when they're on their like press tour, okay. they'll stop and they'll do a, a build interview. Okay. Uh, they have a studio on like Broadway and Westforth, okay. and this is their like morning show now, like okay. of, of on that network. So it's a panel, it's, uh, myself and three other. There, one other girl is a comic, but the how other do you like? Are how do you like with the, the panel atmosphere? I always felt like whenever I'm on shows, like I'll do like John Fuglesang or something, and I feel it's always difficult. To like you know jump in and like be funny or like know when you're not interrupting and know when to talk when not to talk. I feel that that's something that takes a while. To yeah, really that is is difficult. Yeah. The good thing is there's only one other comic on the panel, and sh- her and I have completely different senses of humor. Okay. So we're not really competing. Like if I was with another like sarcastic like deadpanny person, I would just be like, you know, trying to kill them over like who's yeah. got the best like bitchy remark. Sure. <laughs> But her, she, she's so different than me, so it actually works out okay. But yeah. it is hard to jump in sometimes. Yeah, like if you're on a panel with like somebody like Yamanika, I mean, good luck. Yeah. I mean, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah, I would like, knock it a word in, and yeah. she would just obliterate. Yeah, it's just like crush the room, and you're just like, okay, I guess that's you know. And then you say nothing the whole show. Yeah. You know, so I always hate that. Thankfully, you know, we don't have Yamanika. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing to say. Thank God we love Yam. We love you, Yam. She's, no, she's, a, so she's a fan good. of the show. She's been so on the good. show. And uh, but Red Eye was like that. We always, always felt like it was so like I was always nervous that I wasn't like participating enough. And then I felt like and then I, and the producer talked to me. He's like, you know, you got to jump in more. And so like the next show I did, I was just like interrupting people, and I was just like literally like being somebody I didn't want to be. And were they like great job? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, great job. I was like, really? I cut off like four people. That, Do like, you plan out bits for that show beforehand? That show, they, at six o'clock, they would send you premises. Okay. And they would say, if you want to just write a couple of jokes, and then you would send those jokes to the producer, and then the producer would, you know, just so they have an idea of what you were doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and they would say, but then they would get mad at and it was so weird. Then they would say, oh, we don't want you really doing those jokes. We just want you to know that you can write those jokes. If you need them, you have those jokes. We really want you to be more personal. But be in the was, room. Yeah, it's so, such bullshit. But yeah. I enjoyed the show, but I felt like that was the only thing that, that saved face with Fox News. 
I felt Red Eye. Red Eye was one of the few shows yeah. that was kind of like, you know, made it somewhat cool and somewhat, you know, down the middle and whatever. And, they, you know, I can't believe they got rid of it because it really now it's like, fuck that, sh- that station. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's nothing left. There's nothing in the middle. There's not. It's just ridiculous. Totally. And I remember I got in tr- I They stopped booking me when um, there was something about, uh, I remember being on the show and um, they kept. They kept saying liars or something, and then they would bring up like a picture of Hillary. And I was like, I go, look, I go, I get it. I think it's great and funny that you keep saying liar and then putting up a, a video of Hillary. But I think we should have a double screen with Trump. Like, I just let's just do both. And then I remember I that's all I said. And then they just wouldn't book me for like five months. They were like, Nah, we just felt like you know. And I was like, Oh God. So yeah. So anyway, but uh, so the panel thing can go either way. You yeah. Have a Yamanika problem, or you can be. Too much of a Hillary supporter. When I was when I was a page, when I was a page, Yamanika was on Meredith Vieira's panel, and I was working right across the hall from her. Okay. And every day, I would just watch her destroy on that panel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and sure. she had like the space to do it because who was she on? She was Lance Bass and yeah. Meredith. Like Yamanika yeah. was gonna kill. Yeah, she's gonna own that that space. Yeah. So uh, so that's cool. So you're doing all this stuff, and um, are you on the road a little bit or? Um, not really right now. Okay. I was doing, I did um, some college stuff How's, last year. How are the college shows for you? Um, they're weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just a very weird thing. You know, I don't have much experience with them. I've done only a handful. I'm doing yeah. some universities in the Midwest in the spring that I showcased for last year. Are you by yourself? Or? Uh, I'm by myself, yeah. Wow. Um, it's terrifying. And I hated it. it's just <laughs> odd. Like, the yeah. audiences are so weird. The kids are fucking weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> the kids are weird. They're like, yeah. I did, like, lots of schools in, like, Pennsylvania area. And the kids, uh, a lot of the kids, I think, were Amish. No disrespect to the Amish. But they didn't get a lot of my stuff. They're um, they wouldn't let them go to school? The uh, there were like lots of Amish communities and neighboring Amish communities that like <laughs> they just came out to the show the Amish kids. I don't know what was going on, <laughs> but it seemed like I was like in a probably different just, planet. Probably just came out for the AC. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> it came out for the zippers. Oh, <laughs> uh, colleges, yeah. Did you do that, NACA stuff? Yeah, I tried. I mean, I was I wasn't built for it, you know. I'm built for like NA shows, you know, like if I'm going to, or, or USO shows, like if I'm going to do, you know, outside tour stuff, it's going to be those kind of things. But I had problems with colleges. I got in trouble, you know, with content and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and yeah, I just, I wasn't ready to when I did them. I think I probably could do them now. I could probably figure you out a could way. You could 100% do them now. Yeah, but it's like when I started out, I was just like, you know, it's it's funny. I was It was always like, which is the worst thing that a comic can probably ever think of. Like, when you think of yourself doing comedy is when you're just, I feel, you're too conscious of filling the time. And I think that destroys comics on stage. Okay, that is, like, such a big problem for me. Yeah. What would you you say specifically for college shows, though? Because it's an hour? Yeah, college shows is tough, you know, and I feel like it's, uh, yeah, and... In retrospect, you know, I learned a lot from that, but I just feel like, first of all, you need, like, three openers. <laughs> it's like you need, or you need some sort of, like, you know, funny, goofy thing at the end, whether it be, like, some a sort game. of game, something goofy, some sort of ad-lib thing, yep. something, you know, you don't have to, you know, you're not expected to, to get up there and be George Conlon for an hour straight. Like, right. they're not going to listen to you. They don't care. Totally. <laughs> That's, like, a huge thing for me. I mean, the first time I did one of those college shows, I did 45 minutes because I had a 15-minute opener. 
And even that amount of time, I'm not doing 45 minutes at clubs around the city. No. The longest yeah. set I've, I've done in the city was when I had like a show and I did a half hour. Yeah. But anything more than like 20, 25 minutes, sure. I'm like constantly in my mind thinking yeah. about, okay, like, it's hard for me to even structure sets like that. It really is. It's difficult. I think it's, um, I've, uh, yeah, I've had, a, uh, I've had to work on it a lot. How up, do you up work until on until recent. Um, well, I think what helped is not doing my act at least 10 minutes in. That always helps. Right. I have a rule that I, um, when I'm on the road, I yeah. try not to do my act for at least 10 minutes. Yep. I just get up there and I write jokes about, you know, you guys got black squirrels. That's weird. Or you guys have a flea market or you guys have a thing. And, yeah. da, 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 da. and I try to do as many of those as I can. And then I try to bring in the crowd, you know, in whatever way that I can play with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's helped a lot. Yeah. And then um, buzzing myself, like having my own timer instead of waiting for some mystery light to be desperate for. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Like. Don't even look for it. Just I usually like have my phone and I'll have it buzz at like forty or something. Yeah. And so then it's like it's it, I'm in control of it. So yeah. I'm in control of all the time. So if some asshole forgets to light me or if something happens, like I'm in control of the whole situation. And you, when you feel in control, you can calm down and that can free yourself to like feel fun. Yeah, and well, fun is the key word too because it's like when you're doing a bit, just like you know, give it. Like you, you know, give it more breath. Like keep just like instead of just doing it the way you always do it, like do commentary on it. Yeah. Like do a do a an interaction with it. Do you know? Don't just like do the joke, get the laugh, and move on. Yeah. I think it's more like explore it more. Yeah. So you know, I think that's helped me too. Just explore the topics as opposed to just you know just bam bam because I can be so bam bam bam. I mean, I I can run I can run an hour in in ten minutes. Like I can go fast. You know, I can machine gun the hell out of my act. And so it's like, it, it's something I really had to work on. Mm-hmm. Because in the clubs, it's an advantage, you know, to be able to just pop, 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 you know. And But when you're, you know, you're doing a long period of time, I feel it's just something that, and you can't think about it. You really can't think about it. And that's why the buzzer really helps. Because it's like, that's the only time I think, I just go. I don't think, and then I just like, like I said, I do as much natural stuff up top. You know, that's playing around with, you know, the city or whatever town I'm in. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just, um, it just really, somebody had a stupid meme or something about it. And it was just kind of like, basically, it's just like, be who you want to be on stage instead of thinking about the time. Like, like, like the persona is more, like your, your mood and energy is more important than, than the time. Because it'll, you'll feel the time if you're just big and silly and fun. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I watched, uh, I was at the cellar like a year ago and I saw Jessica Kirsten perform. And she's, like, one of my favorite comics she ever. Right, yeah. And she just, she's someone who, like, you know, she, like, makes the room shake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I remember the show I did the night after watching her. I'm murdered. And it was, like, just, like, me having, like, witnessed her energy and yeah. me being, like, wow, I want to be like that yeah, on stage absolutely. and, like, feel like that. Like, you can, like, see it and just. Perfect person to, to like, be drawn to when it comes to this. Yeah, because, yeah, and she, like. Yeah, she she might be on stage and do like three jokes, and it's like you know, in, in ten fifteen minute set or whatever. But it's more about like, yeah, what she's saying about her jokes, which is hilarious. The way she comments on people, like like if you don't, I want you not to laugh at one of Jessica's jokes because she's going to be twice as hilarious if you don't laugh at it. Yeah, than if you just laugh. Oh my god, <laughs> so, the digging in. Yeah, so, that's so true. But she's because she's just. She's so in it. Yeah. That's the thing with Jessica. And I love her. She's She's been on the show as well. And she's one of these people that, um, 
yeah, it's just, you know, born with it, if you will, you know, the same kind of thing, like just somebody that is like she was meant to do this. But um, but she's just, you know, it's it's yeah, I don't know. She's just she's a really special person. Yeah. Know, the fact that she just like just straps in the way she does and just and just goes. Yeah. I mean, we're all capable of that. You know, it's just like the, we just get fearful of we're not going to do enough time or we're not going to be as good or people are going to, you know, it's like, you know, but she's found a way because sometimes they don't even like her and she's got all that gray energy. But she's found a way to kind of make that funny. Yeah. And I think that's part of being a true comic is just like like you watch Mitch Hedberg and like, you know, like when he bombs, it's still funny. You know, it's like and if you're funny, you know, you can find even when you bomb, you can make that funny. So but true. I think it's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like. The road is, um, yeah, it's like you go out there a little bit, but you shouldn't stay out there too long. I feel like you're doing the right thing. Stay in the city. <laughs> get TV I want to stay in the city. Yeah, get writing jobs. If I don't have it's to It's rough New out York, there, man. It's like I'm doing gigs with a raffling off guns at the end of the show. Like, that's the kind of fucking gigs I'm doing. <laughs> I, did a, I did a gig in Montana. Yeah. And after they sho- the show, they were like, come to the shooting range. It's right out back. And I said, okay. And we went to the shooting range, and the targets were Osama bin Laden uh, and Obama. Oh, Obama, God. wow. Yeah, well, that's insane. That's insane. Montana Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be at Montana Comedy Club. <laughs> I just want to one, say one thing about that. Who books that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you his number yeah, after yeah, the show. Absolutely. I would crush that. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, all right. So, you got uh, anything else cool coming up? Or are you just like, just. What do I have coming up? You got any gigs? Uh, or... Trying to work on some new clean material. Yeah. Are you trying to get another late night set? Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. That's um, cool. Trying to do that, maybe. That'll happen. Yeah, uh, what else am I trying to do? Just trying to stay booked in the city. That's yeah. enough of a task. That is a tough <laughs> There's so many moody people you have to deal with. You know, you think, like, once you get past, <laughs> like, getting past and getting booked. That's different. (laughs) It's it's a very complicated game. I didn't realize that until a few years ago. It's funny being on both sides of it, and I, I, you know, and I, I try to, you know, I try to be as fair as I can, and but then it's just like, but when I'm the one that's just wanting to get booked, it's like there's people that just ignore me and stuff, and I'm like, you know, and then it's like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, I, I I do the job, and that's the thing, and it becomes more about sometimes you just can't take it personal, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it's worse when there's like now I feel like there's. 10,000 comedy clubs right now. And so, like, yeah. you know, and right? it's like, if you're not, you know, then you're like, well, we should all have work. Yeah. You know, if there's that many clubs, but, you know. Every but no. No. Just the five people. <laughs> <laughs> just the five. <laughs> but that is, I think that's, uh, that's a very, you know, one of the most difficult things is just the um, staying mentally, you know, together with, like, the, w- the rejection of I have to not clubs. think about what anyone else yeah. is doing. Social media, it's it very hurtful. <laughs> well, one thing that's really cool on Instagram is I didn't realize you could block people on Instagram, and it's really <laughs> changed my life. It's because <laughs> I love scrolling. But then Are you it's still a, on Instagram? Uh, am I that old? Is that old? No, I don't think you're on Instagram, meaning your account. I don't think oh, you're Oh, I think some private thing. I, I'll, I'll get you back. We, wow. I think I did on accident. You blocked me. I did not. <laughs> I, like, I love blocking people. I actually blocked <laughs> you. <laughs> No, it was by accident. It was. It was accident. I blocked a few people in accident. Yikes. Okay. Fucking uh. <laughs> wrap this up. Your dad owes me money. 
Uh, great having you. How can we follow you on social media? I'm going to figure out how to follow uh, you. At Allie Colbert on everything. <laughs> everything. Yes. Very cool. Thanks and for having me. Yeah, guys. no, it was a lot of fun. And Anthony, how can we follow you? Uh, everything is at Anthony Kapfer also. And uh, I have a book called Book the Book. The Book. That's on Amazon or my website, anthonykapfer.com, K-A-P-F-E-R. Yeah, Anthony's got great tweets. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people. good enough to steal. Oh, yeah, someone steal. stole that tweet. Yeah, yeah, he had a meme and a Kermit meme. That was a Kermit that meme. That sucks yeah. that and someone stole that tweet. I know. Twitter's yeah. mean. Yeah. It is mean. And it's like all these robots and shit. They don't well, care. When I said anything about it, they were people were like, "You're being petty. If you're a good comic, just write more <laughs> jokes that no, are good." No, that's so annoying. And then I got accused of stealing my own joke. <laughs> that was weird too. I got accused of stealing my own joke. I wrote a joke. Yeah. Did the joke on the Today Show. Yeah. Someone tweeted at me a meme that was stolen from my tweet <laughs> and said, "You stole this joke that's from a meme." Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. That's, that's what, what happened, happened to me. me. That was Same thing. The joke it was I so wrote. many memes. Yeah. yeah, they memed it after. Isn't that yeah. horrible? It's awful meme. because they don't know who you are when you first say it, but yeah. then they know who Kermit is, and then when they hear you say it, they're yeah. like, "No, Kermit said it." For yeah. It's yeah. Really I love how terrible. a meme is like the standard. <laughs> it's with crazy. Like, you know, whether a joke is stolen or not. Yeah, it's like a Kermit the Frog drinking tea meme. It's gonna like it's, that's it's how the you know. justice of like the writing copyright in yeah. comedy. Yeah. Did Kermit say it? Kermit, you can't say it. Kermit, that Kermit? Yeah. Kermit said it. So Kermit I don't know what you fucking guys are Time talking about. Time stamped. Kermit. Kermit. <laughs> but that's how you know you've made it. it if is, you're a, it's if true. You're a Kermit, meme. Kermit. Yeah, you get that, that Kermit level, son. You might have seen this. Uh, uh, thanks so much, uh, Ali, having me on the show. Ali Colbert. Uh, Colbert. Jesus. Oh, Colbert, after fuck. all that. I'll edit that. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> Did it on purpose. <laughs> All right, Colbert, 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 Colbert. Was it a what different name before that? When you get like the ancestry, was it? No, Colburn no, I think it was always something? Colbert. 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 Why is it so hard to say? Not for me. <laughs> no. I've been stressing about it all day. Colbert? 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 Woke up in the Colbert. night with sweat. Colbert. 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 Ali Colbert. Watch it. She's really funny. Thanks for listening. I'll leave you you with this. Yay. (laughs)